On rural Queensland today across the Resonate Broadcast Network, very lucky to have Isaac Regional Council Mayor Anne Baker joining us this morning. Anne, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Ben. Yeah, I'm well. How are you? Really well. Um, coal prices are at a record high. Royalty payments to state coppers are uh, forecast to grow by billions, and yet the coal communities that do all this work, that create all this wealth, are struggling. These towns, and we've talked about this on countless occasions, are on their knees because although the royalties are paid to the government, they do not put back into the communities that um, they receive it from. Yeah, what we're looking, we're looking down the down the road of Metcoal with a projection of exceeding a hundred billion dollars wow. this financial year. So it's quite extraordinary project, projection. Here in Isaac, we've got over sixty percent of our workforce which are attributed to the mining sector. We produce over fifty four percent of Queensland's coal, and we export export a full, a third of Australia's met coal. Gee so, whiz. you know, yeah. we, we, it's extraordinary data that we're looking at. And uh, I think I'd really like to be quite clear and very reasonable about how we're approaching this. Every, every mining region is different and there's, not, there's no one-size-fits-all approach that can be applied either in policy or in timelines for this for the transition or transformation that everybody in the country and everybody in the world is talking about. In Isaac, we mine met coal, which produces steel. In the Hunter, Latrobe, Gladstone, here in Queensland, all those communities mine, they all, they're all mining communities and they produce different products. What we're seeing in Isaac, Ben, on the ground here, is a region that's growing in demand for met coal. You know, we're seeing approvals for 75-year life. We've got currently 28 operating coal mines. It's two new mines under construction, four seeking expansion, and 12 others in various stages of approval. So the transition, transition and transformation timelines for us will be much longer, and they'll be very different for those for example, of the hunter. Well, you would so think that you would think that they would, but the, the drama is that we've got to get these approved as well. I, and I say that with the deepest respect. There needs yes. to be an approval process. We we have yes. a shortage of steel in in this country, and the imported steel that we're getting is is horrific, and the price yes. of steel. Yet we don't we can produce it all. It needs to get ticked off. Are you concerned that? These communities go by the wayside. Now, I'm, I'm being genuine here, and it's not scaremongering, but no. th- there has to be a commitment from this federal government and this state government that they're going to choose to, to they're going to choose to invest. They, they they have to do it. That's right. There can be no doubt, and I absolutely agree with you. There can be no doubt that with the record-breaking royalties that we are seeing, that funding proportional proportion of that funding must fund the future of these communities and the workforce that has supported the delivery of the $100 billion, I might say. You know, there needs to be place-based plans to provide retraining, upskilling for coal workers. There needs to be a focus on family welfare, opportunities for mine rehabilitation. The plan just can't be about creating new industries, and that's all we're hearing. 
all we're hearing is is discussion around closing the industry down and creating new industry to replace us. It's just so offensive that I'm lost for words. And yeah. we're looking at $100 billion versus royalties. Now, there should be genuine approach to long-term investment in these regions, long-term investment in health education, health care, education, childcare, aged care, to make the acceptable standard of livability. So we've at least got a fighting chance and, and it is absolutely responsible, responsibility of the, um, well, we're saying all levels of government because from a local government's perspective, we're actually outside our core, core business doing all of this advocacy. We're standing up for our community and we are now absolutely insisting that the state and federal governments come together and they look at place-based planning for the future livability of these regions. Yeah, it, it's more than them coming to come together. They need to consult with you, with you and the councils. That's the big issue that I'm finding is that there's no consultation process with the people on the ground. That they're coming up with these harebrained ideas of what they think that the community needs and what looks good for the voters in the metropolitan areas but not what is helping these communities. You guys have needs. You guys want things in these towns and it's not being selfish. It's dead set stuff that you actually need for the community and for these mining families. I mean, looking at the welfare of these families is a big thing. It's paramount. Yet there doesn't seem to be any talk about that whatsoever. No. In my time, I have to say, over time, there's, there's a lot of, um, and this isn't just from government, this is from people in general. There's a, there's a lot of assumptions and a lot of perceptions um, that because it's a, a mining industry or a mining community that there's a lot of wealth. And that in itself is not, that's not incorrect. But we, there is a lot of people out here that don't work in the coal in, or in the mining industry. We've yeah. got a, we've got a, um, you know, people that work in the supermarket, we've got hairdressers and and the baker and, you know, hospitality, clubs and pubs, all of that where all other communities, it's an extraordinary region and community. Yeah. But we also need support and we can't just be classified as the people that deliver the royalties to government for everybody else to benefit. There's got to be, there's got to be a fair return on investment here and our communities can't be left wanting. And unfortunately, that is what we're seeing. It is what we're living. And now is the time. It is the perfect time for for all stakeholders to focus on place-based planning to, de- to deliver sustainable, livable communities and, and give us a fighting chance for a future. Yeah, you're dead right. Um, how is your community? Look, we uh, sometimes... I. I feel like we're our own worst enemies because we've always been stoic, we've always been resilient, and we always will be because that's that's the people, that's what the the DNA is in the people that live in the regions. Regional people know how to look after themselves. They know, regional people know how to come together, and. And, and that, that's an absolute credit to everyone in the regions. But now, you know, I just think it's time 
really time now that we take a stand and we know we can do it, but they're fair now. There's an enormous projection of funding coming the government's way and we will stand up and we will stick together And we, but we want to do this with government. We want to do this with community and we want to do this with the best intent for a positive outcome. Yeah, well, I, I think you're on the right track and I, and I think the fact that you're actually having these conversations. Can I ask this, and I, and I ask this with all sincerity, is there any understanding, are they talking to you about it? Yes, yeah, there is There is conversations. There's certainly, we've certainly um, had conversations with the Queensland Government and they are working with us, with one of our communities at the moment and we've definitely been, we've got a, a lot of projects where we've got a vision around the current safety training and reskilling within the resource and energy sector as yeah. well as for the future around university development and, and the like. So we're definitely talking to um, the Queensland Government and have been for some months now and we certainly were talking strongly to both sides of government through the federal election to where the, the, the new government committed um, over $2 million to the, Isaac, to the Isaac Resource Excellence Hub, which will be the, the vision, visionary hub for, for our future. Um, now, that needs to continue. I'm not prepared to just accept words. I, I'm, we are really on a mission here. To, to ensure that we're engaged with, we're not t- talked at, about or around. We are injecting ourselves, we are stepping ourselves into the conversation because that's what needs to happen. Yep. And, and we do have an expectation of everyone, all stakeholders working together, requiring the appropriate funding and the plans for the future and the livability of this region. There is huge opportunity in the Isaac region, but we we cannot do it. Albeit that we are stoic and we are resilient, it must be led by government and it must be led by solid planning. Yeah, well said. Uh, great to chat. Um, we need to catch up at some stage, and I know you're very busy, but you're doing a phenomenal job. And thank you so thank much. You. Thank you so much for giving me some time this morning. Um, it, it's so important that we continue to get, make sure that they're held to account and that this, this message doesn't go away. Just the money that they are exports have hit $110 billion this year, coal soaring to almost $400 per tonne for thermal coal. Unbelievable. Yeah. Isaac, it's, it's, yeah, it's just unbelievable. Isaac Regional Council, Mayor Ann Baker, thanks so much for being with us this morning. Thanks, Ben, and go Queensland. <laughs> I think everybody's excited for Wednesday. Appreciate your time. Yeah. This is Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network.